brand new missionaries that we are supporting. Uh, many of you will know one face, Mr. Nate Van Ravensway and his new wife, Hope. Um, they got married on the rainiest day. If, if rain is good luck on your wedding day, you got some to spare. So uh, I walked in, I parked the car, and I let Abby and the boys off at the door, and then I went and parked in the parking lot across the road, and by the time I got in, my umbrella was turned inside out, and I looked like somebody had dumped a bucket of water on me. And I knew it was bad when I walked in, and somebody who was just in, walking through the hallway looked at me and goes, oh, no. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm really, yeah, I know, it's bad. Um, so we are incredibly glad to have them here, so give them a, give them a round of applause. You guys can have a seat. Um, they are working with an organization called Campus Outreach, and they will be going to Thailand. Um, but I wanted to do something because I'm guessing most of us don't know a lot about Thailand. And um, I thought it'd be fun to see how much we know, in, in, educate ourselves, and also put Nate and Hope on the spot and see how much they know about random Thailand trivia. So, we have six questions. I'll let them answer first, and then we'll poll the audience and see what you guys think. Which of the following is not a native dish of Thailand? A, fermented pork meatloaf. B, duck brains. C, shrimp head jam. Or D, deep-fried guinea pig? Hmm. They could be one, yeah. One of them is not. Do you have any guesses? Duck brains, okay. They're going duck brains, okay. How many of you would say A, pork meatloaf? Okay, B, C, D. Man, you guys are on it. It is D. Which, I did not pick that to, like, make fun of Thailand or to scare you guys, because we live in the country that came up with Rocky Mountain oysters, so we don't have a lot to say, right? Um, Every country has their wonderful things like that. Um, Here's one. Thailand is roughly the size of Illinois plus what other state? Illinois and Ohio, Illinois and Montana, Illinois and Rhode Island, or, trick question, it's actually only half the size of Illinois. They say, you say A? Sure. Okay, A. How many of you think Illinois and Ohio? B? You think B? Okay. How many think C? How many think D? And it's true, I'm messing with you. It's B. Ah. Thailand is a lot bigger than you think it is. I think Fran. Fran, you got it. Fran's the only one in the room who got this one right. Go Fran. Go Fran. All right. Thailand is commonly known as the land of what? A, the free. B, the tiger. C, smiles. D, eternal happiness. C. Smiles? Yes. Final answer? Confident. What do you guys think? A? C? You guys C? Man, okay. Joe Joe is a trusting fellow, and he's right. It is C. You got it. Okay. Which of these countries does not share a border with Thailand? So three of these do. One of them does not. Um, Is it A, Myanmar, B, Laos, D, or C, Cambodia, Whoops, or D, Vietnam. I don't know, yeah, the plus is, I don't know why I put the plus there. Plus D, okay, plus D. Okay, what do you guys think? A, B, C, or D? Yeah. I did, the, the plus sign has nothing to do with it, but it is the right answer. Yeah, so, you're right, yeah. It is the right answer. It's still close, though. It is, like, real close. That's why I picked it, hoping I'd, man, you guys are good. Thailand is home to the largest what? 
A, Temple Staircase, B, Crocodile Farm, C, Hardwood Forest, or D, Flower? There are many choices, but I'm going to go with A. A, Temple Staircase. Yeah. You, you, you on board with him? Yeah. Okay. How many think, how many think A? How many think B? C? Or D? It's B. It is B. Seriously? It's B. He said maybe B. We'll give you half a point for that. It's in Bangkok, and there are, wait for it, over 100,000 crocodiles at the crocodile farm in Bangkok. Also home to the world's largest Buddha statue, but I thought that might be a little easy. So, And finally, which of these movies was filmed in Thailand? A, Swiss Family Robinson. B, The King and I. C, The Man with the Golden Gun, which is a James Bond movie. Or D, the first installment of Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. How many think A? B? C? D? It's C. And if you know me, I love me some James Bond, so that's, that's why I picked that one. Yeah. I didn't even know what that was. It's okay. It's okay. It's a... Uh, I won't go into it, but yeah, anyway. But yeah, that's a little bit about Thailand. Um, so um, why don't you guys go ahead, first off, give oh, no. us, give everyone a little bit of basic information on what organization you're working with and where um, you're going to be, where exactly in Thailand you're going to be going. Yes, yeah, so we're going with an organization that is called Campus Outreach. Campus Outreach is uh, an interdenominational ministry that partners with local churches wherever we are on the field. Um, so we have quite a few uh, churches uh, and home bases here in the, the domestic United States. Uh, we went to school in Southeast Missouri State, so our home base was out of Memphis, Tennessee. Um, but we have home bases in Birmingham, Alabama, Charlotte, North Carolina, just launched in Denver, Colorado. Uh, we have a few schools in California and it, it is increasingly spreading as the need arises and as the need of the gospel is made aware. It is our goal as a ministry to launch on the campus, which is a very, very dark place and a place that needs the gospel greatly. And so um, just through campus outreach, we'll be launching in Chiang Mai, Thailand, which is in the northernmost province of the country in Chiang Mai province. It is the second largest city uh, in the country, consisting of almost two million people. So that is much larger than anywhere we have ever been in our lives. <laughs> we thought Springfield was kind of large, but 120-ish thousand people is very small compared to 2 million. So uh, we will be in Chiang Mai. Okay. So, so Campus Outreach, they do in campuses in the U.S., and then also they take groups of people and, and send them overseas as well. So it's kind of like a twofold thing? Yeah. Uh, so basically it's just like any other, if you've heard of crew, if you've heard of any other campus ministries, we exist, our belief statement, or our vision statement is building labors on the college campus for the lost world. And so we believe that the need is great on the college campus. We need, we believe that the need is to, uh, meet with students and disciple students with the goal of then in turn launching these students, uh, either here in the business place or on more college campuses or the need is to launch uh, as we're going across the nations. Um, and so we exist to build labors on the college campus for the lost world. 
Gotcha. And you'll work, you're going to work with the university over there a little bit, right? Correct. Okay. We will be at Majo University, and so Ma in Thai has about eight different meanings since it's a tonal language, uh, but it means mother, and Joe, we don't, we don't know. Mother Joe. <laughs> mother Joe. But you would be very familiar with the mascot of this university. They were informing me of that story, which is a little fun. Yes, the mascot of Mad Joe is actually Pistol Pete from <laughs> Oklahoma State. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. What? <laughs> no, oh. No? <laughs> um, yeah, because um, Mad Joe was originally just an agricultural campus, so students would go there to learn kind of how to do the land thing, and <laughs> yeah, I'm not from here, guys, um, <laughs> and they wanted to make it kind of like a full-fledged university, so they had some people from Oklahoma State, some professors and people like that come, and they helped them make Majo into a, a full-running campus, and so to pay homage to them, they are now the Majo Cowboys. <laughs> I should have put, if I'd have known that, that would have been a trivia question because none of us would have got that one. That would have been way, way, way off base. Yeah, you'll take, Jeff's pretty excited about it. Jeff, you're like twice as invested in this now as you were. Um, yeah, so, so our friend is, was the mascot. We went to Southeast Missouri State University and our mascot was the Red Hawks and he was the Rowdy the Red Hawk mascot. So in our group text the other day, he was like, hey, if you guys need the mascot duties to be filled I have the ability to be the mascot so you might personally know Pistol Pete that's it's a big deal so one thing that's kind of interesting to me is you guys just got married and I learned that you're going to Thailand at your wedding so this is um, <laughs> your plans for this are longer than your marriage so how did how did this kind of shared vision come about for both of you you can start okay um, well should I start individually probably um, individually, um, I've been lucky enough to be surrounded by a lot of amazing, like, Christian influences in my life and growing up, and pretty much my decision when I decided that I wanted to go overseas at some point in my life um, and do overseas missions was actually at CIY, and I saw you guys do CIY here with your students, but... I was at a Christ in Youth conference in my junior year of high school, and we watched a documentary on India and just the needs there, and I was, like, really struck by it. I was like, if, if I don't go, like, I don't know if anyone else is going to. Like, I'm just not going to leave that up to fate. Like, I'm going to personally grab onto this vision, and, like, this is my vision. Now. I want to be an overseas mission, so... Fast forward to college, um, and me and Nate were on a project for discipleship training in Tampa, Florida, and we were just kind of presented with the opportunity to go to somewhere, we didn't know where yet, but go overseas and be and start a campus outreach on a campus somewhere overseas. Um, and at this point, we were not even engaged. We had just been dating. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, this is what's going to tell if I'm going to marry Nate. You know, if we if we feel called different ways, then, like, obviously that's not what the Lord has for me. Um, obviously this isn't the right relationship, you know, whatever. So 
we were presented with the opportunity. We like prayed about it separately, and then I was like, oh, like who knows? Yeah. And so no then pressure, Nate. Yeah. No pressure, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So it was almost like I didn't want to tell him that I like wanted to go because like I didn't want him to just want to go because I did and all that stuff. And then we met up, you know, a couple of days later, I think, and we were just like, so do you want to go or like what? And he was like, I want to go. And I was like, yes, me too. Like we're getting married <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, it's a big day. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big day. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to the beginning, my faith journey started here in this church. Uh, I never, I didn't come to Christ in high school when I attended here, uh, but the seeds were planted. Uh, ben Souders really uh, began to plant seeds in my life to um, cultivate those seeds. And when I went to college my freshman year, um, my RA, who was in charge of my dorm floor, took me out to lunch and he said, Nate, do you know the gospel? Do you believe in God? I said, yeah, man, I'm a good person. I have these high standard uh, of morals. If uh, you were to look at my life, uh, I could be considered a Christian just because I lived my life in a certain way that I thought meant that this is how a Christian is supposed to live. And he said, do you know that, uh, that Jesus is the only way for you to have a relationship with God? Um, do you know that your, your works are not enough to get you into heaven? And he shared with me Romans six twenty three, which says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life with Christ Jesus our Lord. And for the first time, the gospel uh, really was made clear. The Spirit revealed uh, to me uh, the goodness that was in Jesus, the gospel that uh, my works aren't good enough, and that's okay that Jesus came to save, and that his work, his life of perfection, his death on the cross, and his resurrection was what covered my sins. And so then began, went back to my dorm that night, and I gave my life to Christ. And that really, even in the beginning stages, began my interest in missions. Uh, I, two summers later, I ended up going to Tampa Project for the first time, and I, my roommates, uh, one grew up in Burkina Faso, Africa. His parents were missionaries there. The other was from the Bahamas, um, and then my room leader is now going to the Himalayas. So I just had a lot of different experience with people who had a different uh, experience growing up, who grew up in different cultures, who had experienced different things, and I just became so interested. It was so interesting to me to hear their stories growing up, to hear the things that they experienced, to know the challenges of what it means to be a missionary. In that summer, a couple from, they lived in Myanmar for 20 years came and presented us with uh, just a video. And they laid out this big piece of paper on the floor and it had all the unre unreached people groups listed on it. And I remember for the first time really kind of just being hit with the weight for the need of the gospel in the nations. And I remember kind of that time, said, I said, I don't know where I'm going, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I believe that God is beginning a work in my heart to prepare me for missions. And then I picked up a book. Uh, I don't know if you all know who Hudson Taylor is, but Hudson Taylor began the China Inland Mission uh, in the early 1800s, and he quickly became my faith hero. And he has this saying that the Great Commission is not an option to be considered, but a command to be obeyed. And, and so it hit me that I really don't have an option in this, that God is calling me to the mission field. I don't know where, I don't know what, I don't know how, but I, he's calling me to be faithful, and I have to obey what he is calling me to. 
And as Hope explained, uh, my second project, our campus director pulled us into this room. He said, guys, I have this crazy vision that I've been praying for. I feel that God is calling me to ask you guys to this. So all the seniors in, are in this room. He said, I am praying for 10 of you to be launched overseas. I don't know where, don't know how, don't know when, but I pray that 10 of you will go. And just the emotions that filled this room, there were people like, what the heck just happened? Just so blindsided by it. There are people who were crying. And I remember looking at Hope and just the sense of peace had overcome us. And I said, let's go. And, and that really began our, our journey of, of um, going on staff with Campus Outreach, going to Thailand. In the initial phases, they even told us, we are communicating with people on the field uh, in Brazil, in South, or South Africa, uh, Europe was a little bit, Australia, and then just the need presented itself in Chiang Mai. And so we felt that God was calling us to the mission field in Chiang Mai, Thailand at Majo University. Hmm. Now, one thing you said in there that kind of really was a burden for you, a good burden, was the unreached people groups. Um, one of the things you handed out to me said, why Thailand? And of the 68 million people that live in Thailand, only 1.1% are Christian, which is still, I mean, that's a good number when you're looking at, you know, seven, 68 million people, but still, there's a huge place where you can share the gospel. And one thing that's unique about the country we live in is we all are, there's cultural variances, but for the most part, everybody in America knows what a McDonald's is, most people have been to Walmart, you know, our culture in America is mostly similar. In a lot of countries in the world, there are different people groups that it's very different cultural barrier, cultural lines. And the three largest ethnic groups in Thailand are all listed on the 100 largest unreached people groups, which means there's just not a lot of inroads for the gospel, whether it be the Bible's not translated into their language, there's not a lot of churches for that group of people or whatever it is. And so there's a huge need there. And, and so... Chiang Mai, that's where Campus Outreach already has a team established, right? Um, now, for the rest of us in this room, this is like the first time for a lot of us of seeing someone who has been here at our church who is now going to be an overseas missionary. That is awesome and impressive to us average Joes. When you see somebody who takes that step, it's like, whoa, you must be some spiritual superhero. You have all this faith. You know, that scares us to death. I mean... Half of the people in this room got scared when they saw fermented pork meatloaf and thought, well, he's, they're, tr they're braver than I am, you know. Um, what has this challenge done to your faith? Have you felt like it was this insurmountable mountain to climb, or were you just like, oh, I'm just obeying God? And um, I feel like it was definitely, at first, kind of like Nate said, I really, we felt a piece about it. Um, but that piece also came with the very natural, like, oh, wait, uh, that means I'm moving <laughs> all the way across the world. Um, so that obviously comes with some um, worries and just things to work through. And I think as far as my faith has, what it has done to my faith, I think the process that we've been going through, even um, just fundraising, like raising support, we don't have um, the option to trust ourselves with it. And we can only trust God with it because there's nothing that 
we can do. There's not enough work that we can do. There's not enough good that we can do to earn it, to, you know, to have people support us um, and help us. And it's just my faith, I feel, has been strengthened a lot and tested a lot. And just through the process of trying to adjust, there's just a lot of uh, mental adjustments. Like, I'm not going to be here with my family. I'm not going to, you know, like on my wedding anniversary, it's going to be in Thailand. Me and Nate's first house together is going to be in Thailand. Like, it's just, I didn't always plan my life like this. So I feel like just you have to embrace where the Lord has you. You just have to. Um, we don't really have an, an option in that, and, which I'm thankful for. And so I feel like faith-wise um, has definitely grown just trusting the Lord um, and getting to a place where um, in everything we do, we have to just fully trust that the Lord is there and that um, we are being obedient and that we're doing the right thing. One of the, the biggest sins, and I want to be vulner, vulnerable with you guys, the greatest thing that I struggle with is the sin of self-assurance, uh, the sin of trying to do everything on my own without reliance upon the Lord. And he's been so graciously been showing me that the more I rely on myself, the more failure that I will experience in my life. <laughs> Just And that's even his grace being shown through the Spirit is, is that I can't even in this process, it would be impossible for me to rely on myself to raise support. Uh, when we were uh, made the decision to go on staff, all staff members in Campus Outreach, even uh, at the very top, are uh, held accountable to raising their own support. And so going and meeting with people and asking churches and asking families to support them to be on the mission field. And when we went to training in Birmingham, I went in with this just this notion of feeling like a burden for people, uh, asking them for money, taking the position of a beggar. And through biblical study and application, they were able to show that this is actually a, a very biblical thing to do, um, but you have to rely on God. Uh, when you study the life of Paul and his missionary journeys, Second uh, Corinthians chapters 8 and 9 is a great one to study. And I, I even read it last night just to be reassured of this calling of a missionary and this calling to raise support but it's made me trust in God so much more. Um, and even in things uh, like language, there's such a huge barrier because Thai is one of the most difficult languages to understand and to learn just because of the tonal uh, nature of itself is that we have to rely so much more on God to break those barriers of language and break those barriers of uh, culture um, that he really is calling us to lean on himself more, to deny ourselves daily and to pick up his cross. So how did your families respond when you went home? We're like, hey, so. this is what we're going to do. <laughs> I feel like my mom was like, yeah, okay, cool. It's two years. Uh, cool. I'll be praying for you. I mean, I'm sure she was uh, nervous in um, all those experiences of a, a parent seeing your child move almost completely across the world, about the farthest place you can go from America, yeah. almost the longest plane ride that you can take <laughs> from America is to Thailand. Um, 
and just seeing her kind of come alongside of us and begin to pray for us was super neat. And just see her embrace our vision uh, of being missionaries in Thailand was, was really, really cool to watch. And then I remember sharing with my dad, I was at the state flag football tournament. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> um, and we went out to dinner, and I was with my brothers, my stepmom, and my dad. And I said, and our relationship when it comes to this, I don't believe that he's a believer, um, but he's always been supportive of it. And I said, Dad, I feel like I'm being called to overseas. I feel like I'm being called to Thailand. And he was just like, cool. <laughs> so it's like, great, glad you understand. <laughs> um, but my middle brother's in the Air Force, and he's moving to Guam in a couple months, and I'm moving to uh, Thailand, and my youngest brother is getting ready to go f to college. And so I'm sure for my mom and, and my stepdad and uh, my dad and my stepmom, that that's a big challenge that they've had to face and, and embrace. And it's been fun to watch God work in their hearts and work in our hearts um, and ready us all for this journey. Yeah, um, my story is very similar, I think. Um, well, I told my mom, I feel like my mom has been really gearing up for this for like a long time because like I told you in high school, I was like, I came back from CIY and I was like, bye mom, I'm moving, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I really was like all about it. And so I feel like since then she's kind of been just like waiting for it. Um, and so when I told her about the opportunity that we had, she, it's very similar. Just obviously she was, she was really, really happy um, about it because I'm lucky enough that my mom is a believer and she says, well, I've been, what I've always prayed for you is that um, the kingdom would come more through you, like that the Lord would rule your life and that you would live to glorify him. And I was like, sweet mom, thanks. And so she's like, uh, it stinks that the answers to my prayer are <laughs> 24 hour plane ride away, but um, it's fine, you know, and so she has those worries and um, she's obviously, like, nervous about things, and my family's really, really, really close-knit, and so all my sisters are so sad. Like, um, they're, they don't think it's a bad thing. They think it's a good thing. They think it's awesome, but just like my little sister, I was with her last night, and she was like, so do you think you'll be in Thailand forever? And I was like, uh... I'm not going to say no to that. And she was like, why? She was like, just say no. And I was like, I can't say no to that. So I feel like they're, they like it, but also, oh, yeah, and my dad was just like, great, have fun, send me pictures, you know. My dad. I'll check Facebook. It'll be great. Yeah, yeah. literally. Yeah. My dad was like, sweet, can we visit? Go to Thailand? Which, that's really cool because, you know, not everybody's experience is that way. Yeah. We've had some friends who went over to missions and they go, hey, Mom and Dad, we're going to go to Myanmar or whatever. And they're like, no, no, you're not. And they had some family that, we have some friends, that their family was really mad for a long time that that's the road they chose. So We guys, got really yeah. lucky. And even if <laughs> Jan's just faking it. And being like, uh-huh, uh-huh, and then going into the back room and crying. That's cool that you at, least get the, you at least get the support. That's a parent trick, by the way, called don't freak out. I've learned that. You'd, oh, okay, so there's blood. That's fine. Just carry on. Um, now, just kind of to the nuts and bolts, I'll, I'll get into it. Because, again, you said there's a certain hesitancy there. What, is, what kind of support do you ha have to raise? The full two years of support before you go? Is that before you go? Um, you were telling me you had about a quarter of that so far. 
Um, our church is going to be supporting them on a monthly basis, uh, the way we support so many of our missionaries. Um, but I definitely want to invite you guys, if you feel a calling or a, you know, if you feel like God might be inviting you into play a part of something bigger than yourself, even if it's not you getting on a plane and going 24 hours around the world, um, we definitely encourage you to support them yourselves uh, personally as well. Um, like I said, this is going to be such a cool thing. Um, when we support missionaries, we free them up to do the work of the gospel. Um, we go to, we go to our, our work 40 hours a week, and we do our, our thing, and we get our paycheck, and we donate part of that away so that they can have the freedom from a little bit of that. You guys will be doing your work and doing a lot of things, but so that they have more time to build those relationships, to learn the hardest language in the world, um, and all that stuff, uh, so that they can be sharing the gospel and making that ministry um, flourish over there. Um, and so Nate has some cards that are not here, um, but I'll bet we can get those here this week sometime. So if you think about that and you want to, um, want to support them yourself, um, we'll have these cards here that give you all the information on how to support Nate and Hope on this awesome uh, mission journey they're on. Um, now, if you uh, look in the book of Acts, the first couple people to get kind of sent out, launched out from their home church were Saul and Barnabas, um, Paul, it's going to be Paul and Barnabas. And the church just prayed for him before they sent him out. And so as we close up today, I just want to pray for you guys. We're all going to take a few moments, and we're going to pray together for Nate and Hope. Um, I won't make you all get up and come put hands on them. I think that's what they did in Acts. But uh, you can sit where you are. Uh, but um, I really just encourage you. Um, this is so, such a blessing, by the way, to see someone that has been in our ministry who, that we know personally to get sent out across the world. What a cool thing that we get to see. And I hope you understand what a blessing that is for us to be, to be a part of this. So let's go ahead and we'll pray uh, for Nate and Hope. Uh, Heavenly Father, we are so, so, so grateful uh, for this ministry work that you have uh, burdened Nate and Hope with. Uh, we, um, we thank you that you are able to give us these blessed burdens, that you break our hearts over things that break yours so that we would be inspired to action. We would be inspired to take these great steps of faith. Um, and so I just pray that every step of this, you would bless them. I pray that you would continue to work in their heart and grow their confidence in you um, so that they just know every step of the way, whatever that next step is, you're going to be there with them. I just pray for um, their stamina as they continue to raise funds. That can be a long, hard road and can be uh, discouraging, and, and it can take a while. And I just pray that you would give them the, the, the faith to know that you're working with them. I pray that you would give all the people that they share uh, this um, great opportunity with, that we would understand that this isn't someone begging us for money. It's somebody inviting us in. It's, it's sometimes you yourself, Father, inviting us in to play a, a bigger role in something. And I just pray, Father, that you would uh, be with their families as they um, deal with the, uh, the, the distance. And I pray that um, you would be with their minds as they learn the language. I pray that you would um, continue to give them a heart for the people um, that are in Thailand and the people in Chiang Mai. Um, and that you would just allow the work that they do to be incredibly fruitful, incredibly beneficial um, to the work of the gospel. So that more and more people might come to know in the saving grace of Jesus. I thank you for Nate and Hope being able to be here today and to share um, not just their work, but just the, the fact that it is rooted in the gospel and this calling that you've put in their life. It's rooted in the gospel. It's rooted in this eye-opening fact that you have reached out to us, you have saved us, and you have not just saved us from a life of sin, but you have saved us to a life of purpose. And I thank you for the purpose you've put in their life. Um, may more of us in this room 
um, take steps of faith and be obedient and understand the Great Commission is not an option, but it is a command to be obeyed. Thank you again for all um, that you do for us and the blessings you put in our life. We pray all this in Jesus' good and holy name. Amen.